This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Citizens, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that can't believe we're talking about Billy fucking Zane. We're doing it. Billy Zane here. Billy. Uh, I was going to do that. And great minds. Great minds. This movie is like the ultimate, but wait, there's more. But wait. <laughs> so it's kind of appropriate. Yeah, it makes sense. And the only difference between Billy Zane and Billy Mays is Billy Zane didn't die of a cocaine overdose because Billy Mays did all the cocaine. Yeah. He did all of it. Well, that's why he was here. That's true. (laughs) But wait, there's more? (laughs) I bet they just, like, one day on set, he's like, but wait, there's more. They're like, what? What more could there be? And they threw him, like, a sponge. He's like, it's the Wonder Sponge! Just, but wait, there's more! Just throw him stuff. I'm He'll like, name it and well, sell it. Throw him the duct tape. And this here's the ducky tape! <laughs> Today! <laughs> I don't know how to transition out of Billy Mays. No, that's... Today we are talking about the 1996 film, The Phantom, directed by Simon Windsor. Yep. Have you ever seen this bad boy before? I have never seen this movie. Okay. Me neither. What are, what are your thoughts? Your initial... Straight from the gut thoughts. This is a movie that I've now watched. Okay. And yeah, from there, I still need some digestion, I think. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you? I am torn. Okay. Because I get heavy Rocketeer vibes from this thing. Okay. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm somewhere on the cusp of liking it and loving it. All right. If this were Coldstone Creamery. Yeah, I'm not getting the biggest one. No, you're, you I don't know gotta have I it. I don't gotta have it, but I definitely like it. Not sure if I love it. All right, that's a fun place to sit. I would definitely put just like a really small amount of change in this movie's tip jar to make it sing a full song on repeat. That's what it's missing. And that's what you keep doing when you're in Cold Stone. <laughs> Tell them Dave said <laughs> it's a nightmare. They have to do it. Here's a little bit of a tip, and after you sing that song, here's a little more. Right. <laughs> You monster. Yeah, well, I just want a birthday cake remix in the form of song, not so much form of ice cream. I think that's a reasonable request. Is it, though? No, not at all. <laughs> they should throw me out. They should, every time. This guy's back. This guy's back. But wait, there's more. That's my realistic <laughs> way of doing tips at Goldstone. <laughs> the Phantom, he's been around for a long-ass time. Very long. 1936, artist, writer, Lee Falk. Right. He did it. He made him. And everyone loved it. Yeah. Wanted him to be gray. And some colorist along the way just went, nope, nope, purple. Nope, this is my way of sticking it to the man, Lee Falk. Phantoms, purple. Who knew? I, I guess so. I didn't read any of it. It seems very dated. The it stuff does. that I looked at, and I was like, yeah, it's probably not for me. But uh, after watching this movie, it also confirmed, probably not for me. <laughs> Do you want to just get into this movie? Yeah, let's just get into this it. This one is a treat. Sure. <laughs> I don't like the tone you have right now. <laughs> For those who came in late. Yeah. That's that's how the movie opens. That is bizarre. Seems aggressive. It does seem aggressive. Like, I felt like I was late, but I've been watching since play. Now, 
here's the thing about that. Do you think that is like a comic thing? Or do you think that's kind of like a Alfred Hitchcock psycho thing? When Psycho played in the theater, they would close the doors. You could not go in when Psycho started. Right. And apparently then, I wasn't alive, that was like a totally unique thing. Because you would be able to just kind of wander into movies whenever you wanted to. Yeah. But with Psycho, doors closed, second thing opens. Do you think that like the Phantom- proper theater. Yeah, tried to go off of that. No. Yeah, me neither. All right. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. But then when I put it like- two and two together i was like that doesn't equal that at all maybe it was like hey you haven't been reading this comic book for the last 60 years here's the backstory here's a joke for you in the early 16th century a young boy helplessly witnesses his father's death at the hands of kabai seng the ruthless leader of the seng brotherhood of pirates who attack their ship sure pirates pirates wasn't ready for that nope the boy jumps overboard and is washed ashore on an island called bengala where he is found by tribesmen who take him to their village. Right. Neat. I guess so. This kid's probably like, oh no, something terrible is going to happen. But instead, they're like, hey, this cool white kid, let's make him <laughs> like our superhero, I guess. Right, let's give him a ring that surely will come back. Now we'll never see the skull ring ever again. <laughs> He's given the ring. He swears to devote his life to destruction of piracy, greed, cruelty, and injustice. And when he becomes a man, he becomes... The Phantom. Right. I like how it started out with like piracy, and then it just kind of got more broad from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be against piracy and pickpockets, <laughs> and you're going to fight for truth, justice in the American way, I guess, or something. And you're going to really dislike, you know, bad people. <laughs> just in a whole. I'm sorry we started out so specific. <laughs> we should have just really open-ended this thing right away. Probably could have just left it at injustice, and then you fill in the blanks. But <laughs> right. Your moral code should guide you to what you think is wrong, and then go get them, tiger. But also, don't forget about piracy. Don't forget about piracy. It's very important. You wouldn't download- the first thing, in You fact. wouldn't download the Phantom. <laughs> in 1938, Quill, played by James Remar, Remar, Remer. We'll go with Remar. Let's go with Remar. He's leading an expedition through the jungle to find some sort of mystical MacGuffin. Right. He and his team and the native boy they seem to have kidnapped come up to a rickety bridge. It doesn't look that rickety. It doesn't. It looks like a pretty sturdy bridge, yeah. but I also understand not wanting to drive the truck across no. it. No. No, I've seen Funny Farm. You don't drive trucks across bridges of any type that no matter are like this. How don't do it. On rickety right. they seem. This is like a rope bridge. This is very yeah. people of doom like. Yeah, this isn't like the Tap and Z. <laughs> right. That's rickety. <laughs> yeah, who the knew? new one, the the new Cuomo, the one. new Cuomo. Bridge. That's apparently very rickety. There are bolt issues. Maybe go the long way. Yeah, that's terrifying because I use that bridge occasionally. I use it often, and yeah. it's one of those like stepbrothers. Well, maybe don't go that way from home from school anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the bridge made me eat white dog shit. <laughs> they make the kid drive the truck across, and they go across on foot. So you're like, all right, these are not. Good people. No, but also, you know this movie's not going to kill a kid right away. You hope. That's a good point, actually. The <laughs> rules have not been set. After they cross the bridge, the kid won't go with them any further because the jungle is protected. Right. Whatever that means. So they tie him up so he can drive the truck back across when they come back. I like that strategy. It's pretty It's pretty they're fun. thinking ahead. They're being proactive. They tie the kid up. I'm like, why? So he can drive the truck when we get back. Obviously. <laughs> The team goes and finds a cave and the skull guffin they were looking for. 
they found it pretty easily. Like, real easily. Only one guy died. Which is impressive. Granted, he did get killed by an actual skeleton. And, yep. Which was weird. Yep. Strangled but by There bones. we are. Uh, what was weirder was that they go into this cave full of all these treasures. Yeah. And then they just happen to sniff out this one in, let's call it real time in the movie. Because that's what it feels like. It's yeah. very weird how quickly they found it. Very fast. It's like, hey, you, you look important. What's this at your feet? Oh, hey, boss, I found it. <laughs> the Phantom, played by Billy Zane. Billy, Billy fucking Zane. Zane. All right. Shows up in his purple speed skating suit with his horse and his wolf. And he takes out the bad guys one by one until he's faced with the choice of stopping Quill, the main bad guy. Again, played by James Remar. Remar. That's yep. what we're saying. Who we find out is part of the Sang Brotherhood, or he can save the kidnapped boy. I want to very quickly talk about the Phantom. I think, I think we, it's very important to talk about the Phantom. We should talk about the Phantom. He is in some sort of purple speed skating suit. Yes. He pretty much is Apollo Anton Phantom. <laughs> and he's got like the little the little mask on, like a Robin type mask. Yeah, like a it's tiny like a full, domino mask. It goes over yeah. his head and everything covers the hair. And then from there on. He might as well just be already the world's strongest man. <laughs> it's really funny you say that because I have an actual IMDb trivia fact. Oh, no. <laughs> and the only reason I picked this fact is because I loved the way it was worded. Okay. Billy Zane pumped iron for over a year to fill the Phantom's costume. A Batman-like costume with fake muscles was reportedly made, but by the time filming started, Zane was so beefed up that he did not need it. So you use the term beefed up, huh? Yep, and pumping iron. Oh, boy. So. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Very much wrote that. Fa- famously <laughs> pretty scrawny in this movie, actually. <laughs> he is not strong. I mean, we're probably also looking at him from, like, late 2000s superhero movie physique. Oh, probably. But, I mean, he looks like he skipped arm day, leg day, ab day, back day. He's in better shape day. than Tobey Maguire. Well, everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't he know either. He doesn't do it for me. He's, and he has nowhere to hide in that thing either. That's no, the worst part of that That is costume. the worst part, which leads me to the next IMDb trivia fact. Already, huh? Yeah. All right. I've been, I was going to save these, but they seem pertinent Fire away. right now. One of the Phantom's trademarks in the comic strip is his striped underpants. Was tried on the movie costume, but reportedly looked too silly to use in the final film. Yeah, that's the part that looks silly. Yeah, so they they went and they assembled the whole thing and they went, nope, we need to tone this down for the movie and make it look more palatable. And they landed on that, what we see. Yeah. And what's wild also is he does have the two guns, which is badass. It is. And he's got the belt. And that's it. It's so unexpected to see this guy in a wetsuit just start pulling out guns. (laughs) It's weird. Just a dude, a speed skating suit on a horse with guns. I'm like, what is happening I right don't now? Know. In a jungle. Yeah. Of uh, course. Everything here is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie. Yeah. Let's see how he gets out of this mess. Let's see. He rescues the kid from the back of the truck, which is magically suspended upside down on the rope Yeah, bridge. the tire got caught in it, and then it flipped over, and it's a cool-ass stunt. It is a very cool stunt. I'm very confused about how- Yeah, the... don't think of the physics. This is I a won't. comic book movie. Right, right, right. I like how when the truck flips over, and it's now upside down hanging from this rope bridge, and then they both fall out of like the canvas, Yeah, and it's an awesome stunt. It's very cool. And they vine swing it across, and- Everybody's safe. Everybody's the truck safe. Hits the ground, and the second it hits the ground, it explodes. <laughs> Love it. Love to see it. That's my favorite 
type of car explosion. Same. Instant explosion. Instant explosion on impact. I love it. So great. Unfortunately, Quill gets away with the skull and returns to the United States. Right. So, whoops. (laughs) The Jungle Patrol, which is a thing. It is a thing. Apprehend the rest of, of Quill's crew. And then Kit who is the the human form, I guess, of the Phantom. It's just Billy Zane. It's Billy Zane here. He studies his ancient books to see what the men were looking for. The Three Skulls of Tugunda. Right, and I like how he's standing there shirtless to show us that... Look, I do have muscles, guys. Billy Zane has muscles? I got beefed up by pumping iron. I like how he has his, like, boy servant there. Yeah. It's odd, but this kid takes his job very seriously. He does. And he constantly refers to him as Ghost Who Walks. Which is his nickname. Yes. But for God's sakes, just call him something else. Billy Zane. Here. (laughs) At the very least. (laughs) I like that in this book, it says, this book that looks very, very old. It's like, they haven't been seen in four centuries. And they're just going to go with that. They're like, yeah, four centuries. They haven't been seen. Right. Nobody's seen them for four centuries. At that point, we're now four centuries removed from when this was written. Right. So, but they don't don't care about how long ago the book was written. They're just going to go with four centuries. (laughs) He must have a new edition of, of whatever ancient scroll that was. Exactly. The skulls of Tugunda grant their owner tremendous destructive power. Sure. So you don't want bad guys to have them. No. Then he talks to his ghost dad. <laughs> it's so weird. Played by Patrick McGowan. Fun name. It is. It's Very fun name. McGowan. His dad yells at him for, for letting Quill get away with the silver skull. He's like, hey, man, you shouldn't have done that. I'm your disappointed dad who's dead. Right. I got so many questions about this dad. We'll get there. I got so many questions about this movie. Who am I just saying the dad? Right? This this movie. This oh. movie is chock full of questions. It's so many questions. And I like it. It's a lot. I need to keep reminding everyone. It's that. it's fun, I think. It is. It is. It is so much fun. And we'll get there. Because we're not there yet. We're Trust not there me. yet. In New York City, Diana Palmer, played by Christy Swanson, is returning to the Playboy Mansion after have, having been in the Yukon. Right. The actual Playboy Mansion. It is the Playboy Mansion. Apparently, Hugh is a big fan of the Phantom. And he was like, yeah, go ahead. Everyone is. Every person is a fan of the Phantom. Even Billy Zane said he's a fan of the Phantom because he started reading it on like his previous movie. He's right. like, I love the Phantom. I'm a big fan of the Phantom. I came across a website while I was doing research for this movie where somebody was referring to fans of the Phantom as fans. With a, with a PH? With a PH. I hate it. And it was very difficult to read because they were continuously using fan <laughs> instead of being like, they say, it's always fans say. And I was like, I'm going to find this person. I'm going to hurt them. I'm going to it was rough. pump iron for a full year. <laughs> so I get, get beefed up. up. <laughs> and then I'm going to show up. I'm going to be like, Kate Podcaster here. I like it. And ugh. I'm on board with all of that. I think it was Phantom Wiki. I think that's where where the fans came in. Okay. <laughs> Everything's got a wiki. It's amazing. It is. Diane is some kind of frequent traveler or something. And her uncle, Dave Palmer, is the famous owner of the World Tribune newspaper. Because of course he is. Everybody's a superhero movie. It has to have a newspaper. Have to have a newspaper. The paper has been investigating this power-hungry businessman named Xander Drax, who's played by Treat Williams, who I always forget exists, but when he shows up, such a treat. I'm not upset. 
I'm not upset by Treat Williams. No, I never am. I just never remember he's a person until he's on screen. That's correct. And even when he's on screen, I go, who is that very charismatic man, Treat Williams? This, okay. This guy looks so familiar, and I love everything he's in, but I can never remember. Right, he's a treat. That's it. That's how he got a stage name. Could you imagine if it wasn't a stage name? <laughs> like his name is his Treat. His actual name? Well, this warrants a Google. <laughs> Richard Treat Williams. The fact that it's his middle name has got to make it probably like a, his mom's like maiden name or something. But something pretty cool. I mean, Dick Willie was probably already taken. So <laughs> Dick Willie, great porn name. <laughs> it's a name. <laughs> Drax is a shady character with a reputation for having dealings with criminals, and yet you can't even kick him out of your gala. But I like how cocky he is about it. He's extremely cocky. And it's wonderful. It's so charming. <laughs> he, he is strangely charismatic. I'm a big fan of him in this movie. He's a lot of fun. Mr. Palmer informs the mayor and the police commissioner that he's managed to uncover that Drax is connected to a mysterious spiderweb symbol, which he traces back to the Bengala jungle. So, you know, everything's kind of connected here. Already. How about that? Diana volunteers to investigate because, you know, she's a go-getter. She's a, a globe hopper. She is. Is that a thing? She dresses accordingly. For it. She looks like she's constantly adventuring. She looks like she has a lot of outfits, and she's like, where can I go in the world where this will be appropriate? <laughs> Boy, I hope that there's some sort of covert operation that's needed on Bengala. <laughs> oh, hey, how about that? Oh, let me just grab my jungle attire. <laughs> the police commissioner later meets up with Drax, telling him that Palmer knows too much. Ooh, they're in cahoots. Oh, yeah, got him in the pocket. Then Drax uses some kind of microscope rigged with blades to stab the eyes of a librarian whom he thinks let Palmer know about his research. So, you know, evil. He is evil. I like how he has this librarian man look into this microscope, <laughs> and he's like, I don't see it. It's like, oh, you have to focus. And he yeah. focuses, and it says a liar, and then it stabs him in the eyes, and then he breaks his glasses for good measure. Oh, I don't think you're going to need these. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, once again in my living room, giving a movie a standing ovation. Yeah. It's Perfection. Um, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant because you could have just stabbed his eyes out, but no, you but went. No, you went the full liar and then broke his glasses. You too. had to. I love and it, and I get it. I love it. So now there's no questions. His Drax guy. <laughs> He's a bad man. He's bad. Right. While Diana is en route to Bengala, her airplane is hijacked by a team of female air pirates employed by Drax, led by the femme fatale Sala, played by. Catherine Zeta fucking Jones. Yep, she's back. She's back. This is her first role. <laughs> I said that last time and I was wrong, so why not right. double down? And this is because Simon Windsor directed her in Young Indiana Jones. Right. And he said, hey, you got to look at this girl. And everyone did, and they went, uh-huh. Yeah, I'll continue to look at yes, her. Yes, please. Michael Douglas is like, I'll let her give me cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> Going to the doctor as Michael Douglas, just knowing something's wrong with your mouth. Yeah. And he's like, I've never smoked a day in my life. First of all, don't buy that. <laughs> I don't either. And then you find out that you ate your wife out so good <laughs> that you got cancer from it. Uh, Just think about that. Wow. Like, I don't know. Like, do I shake your hand? <laughs> because this cancer seems to be just jumping all over the place at <laughs> your household. Right. And frankly, I just want to know. I want to know what we're doing here. What's what's happening <laughs> in the in the the Douglas Zeta Jones household? Oh my gosh, I can't imagine doing anything so good in my life that it gave me cancer. <laughs> I mean, 
No, no, I can't either. That's Lance Armstrong rode a bicycle so good that he got ball cancer. <laughs> I'm not sure that either of these events are actually. That's how it happened. Oh, but... I don't know. <laughs> they seem pretty related there. All right, I could tie them together pretty easily. I'd prefer if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Diana is abducted and taken to their base on the waterfront of Bengala. Sure. Which is very convenient that the place she was going is where their base is. Right. It's really just a free ride. Having been informed of Diana's abduction by the Jungle Patrol's captain, Philip Horton, the Phantom sets off on a rescue mission. He sneaks onto the boat where Diana is being held captive. He does. And we should say that the Phantom has a pet. And it is a wolf. Yes. He has a horse and a wolf and others. Right. there. And- this wolf very, very casually boards the boat, goes up the gangplank, yeah. kind of like looks both ways before crossing the, the water to make sure it's safe, and no one pays any notice you to would this think wolf. Somebody would be like, there's a wolf on the boat. I don't think no one says a anything. wolf on the boat. But then the phantom decides <laughs> to shimmy on a rope upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a bright purple jumpsuit. I love it. I might love this movie. I'm confused about the color choice. The purple? You're in a jungle. Yeah. Why purple? Blends right in. Okay. You got me there. J.J. Abrams style. Can't argue that. Blends in. Just like the smoke <laughs> monster? Yeah. Maybe he's hoping, maybe this won't come back. Maybe this won't come back to bite me. <laughs> it's a weird color choice, admittedly. Yes. It's like Forrest Grimace. <laughs> but with skull accessories. That's right. I actually have an actual IMDb trivia fact about that, too. You're kidding me. We'll get to it later. Okay. <laughs> but soon. On the boat, he nonchalantly disarms Sala, who, of course, kisses him for it. Right. Well, he goes into a bathroom. He right. He kicks open the doors. He's got the guns pulled out. And it's just a bunch of ladies there, to which he j- dives down the laundry chute, falls down, and he sees Sala, and he's Diana. He goes, is this boat just full of ladies? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he disarms her. No problem. Right. Not. He's like, we have a saying in the jungle, don't aim a gun at something, it might go off. And then he, he just, like, just grabs, grabs it. the gun and without even looking. And she gets real turned on about his fast hands. She's like, oh, wow, I'm going to kiss you for that. Right. Catherine Zeta-Jones, young Catherine Zeta-Jones, yes. loves being disarmed. She does. That's her favorite thing. In The Mask of Zorro, <laughs> she gets disarmed so hard. And she's confused by it. And, it, and she's very confused well, that's by disrobed. it. That's disrobed. That is different, but she had to get disarmed first because right. the sword got thrown against the wall in that right. one. She loves it. It's her favorite she thing. She absolutely loves it. Noted. What, are you going to like show up at Catherine Zeta-Jones' house and be like, I need you to hold this. And, and then, then you just take go, it away. <laughs> slap it out of her hand? <laughs> like, you're mine now. Step one, <laughs> arm Catherine Zeta-Jones. Step two. Step two, disarm, disarm Catherine Zeta-Jones. Step three, maybe get cancer. I don't know. Profit. What? <laughs> How cool would that be, though? <laughs> like, you go to the doctor the next day, and you're like, I don't know, it's a promise. <laughs> and you're actually like, have you been doing anything differently lately? Like, I was well, hanging out with Catherine Taylor Jones, and he, and he just high-fives you on the spot. <laughs> like, you got it! You got the cancer, man! Good for you! Oh, this is the worst joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, because he's doing well. Like, yeah. He survived it, he's totally fine. He's good. And, and I'm like, saying that without a Google. And all it cost was his wife's reputation. <laughs> is that what it was? She had a pretty good reputation. Yeah. Up front. Yeah. So it's like, this is Michael Douglas. Worth it. 
I like your Michael Douglas impression. I don't fun. know what it is. He's I don't got either. such an odd voice. He does. Him and Martin Sheen, I confuse constantly. That makes sense. And I will for forever. Yeah, as you should. And then the Sheen is the, the Estevez daddy. Right. Also complicated. Sheen's and Estevez. That's right. <laughs> I will never understand it. I Hey, who could? Emilio would have had a much better career if he just kept the Sheen. Or if he went with the Sheen, I should say. Because he left the... Everyone else abandoned ship on the Estevez. Right. Choices were made. Choices were made. And then it was just Mighty Ducks. Forever. Right. He got... Uh, his character got drunk. And yep. then he coached D-whatever to the, the championship of the small town. Or whatever. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Weird movie. Very weird. So he disarms Sala. Takes Diana. They're going through the boat, but he gets apprehended by Quill, who also happens to be on the boat because all the characters just go back and forth from New York City to Bengala over and over again. Luckily, his pet wolf, who's on the boat, jumps in and rescues him from from Quill. So the Phantom and Diana escape on a little seaplane. They do. And this is weird. Yeah, it is. Because they board the plane and it's a water plane thing. So they take off on the water in this bay. Well, everybody shoots at him. Well, everybody shoots at him, and I'm pretty sure that gasoline starts leaking out of the wings, which is, I don't think where gasoline is stored <laughs> within an aeroplane. Yeah, the fuel starts to leak because of the gunshot holes, you know, wherever they are. Right. I'd have to imagine if you put, like, gas in the wings, and this is me talking as not an aviator-type person. Oh, maybe it's there. <laughs> I don't know. But I have to imagine it's going to start acting like like a bottle flip in a way. Yeah. All the gas is going to be on one wing. Therefore, that can't be right. You don't want that. That's... No. But the thing is, if you land it, it's, oh, it's going to be pretty sweet. Legend. You're going to, like, they're going to bring back Vine for you, <laughs> just for your sweet bottle plane flip. Just people all over, just showing that video and going, who's Sully? <laughs> <laughs> Sully ain't got shit on me. <laughs> and Catherine Zeta-Jones shows up. <laughs> <laughs> now you must pay the price for being awesome. <laughs> That's how I have to imagine it goes. I guess. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> Is that a reward or a punishment? I don't know. She's like a real hot Grim Reaper like <laughs> like type in this scenario. I don't know. Plot twist. The Grim Reaper's hot. And it's Catherine Zed Jones. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have to tell you. So obviously because the, the fuel tank or the wings are leaking, the plane's running out of fuel. Quickly and conveniently and conveniently, dramatically. Very dramatically. So obviously the Phantom and Diana climb out of the cockpit onto the, the landing pontoon of the plane. Right. And then they jump from that onto the Phantom's horse. And it's awesome! Who can run as fast as a plane. Yeah! And has kept up this whole time. Yeah! It's amazing. They actually, I'm pretty sure, caught up to the horse with the plane Even to make better. it work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very cool stunt. It is really cool. I was very impressed. And then, of course, as soon as they get onto the, the horse, the plane continues into a, a wall and blows up. Right. It's awesome. You have to. Of course. Quill and his men are still hot on their tail, but the rope people stop them. <laughs> That's right. I like how they're riding through these, this jungle, and he's like, I got friends here. And then they just rope them up. Yep. He just. I like that they stop. He turns around and he goes, the rope people. <laughs> yep. Maybe you should keep running in case, you know, their ropes don't stop the guns. Right. <laughs> That's got to be, like, offensive, right? It seems like probably yes. But I don't know. It's the Phantom. It's from the 30s. I don't know. I be... feel like if, like, <laughs> Bengala's supposed to be kind of by 
Thailand, like Bangkok, that kind of area, the yeah. Andaman Sea. And I have to imagine that if they had a pro football team there called the Rope People, <laughs> that name's getting changed oh, well, so quickly. 100% that name's getting changed. The Phantom takes Diana to his secret headquarters, the Skull Cave. It's Dave, just a cave. Don't. I have okay. an actual IMDb trivia fact. This is three. This is right. the last one. I do not trust you right now. I, you never do. No. And, and when have I ever lied? The skull is a dominant symbol in the Phantom's life. He lives in a skull <laughs> cave. He wears the skull ring. And in the movie, he was trying to find three skulls. If you look closely at his costume, you'll even see a skull design on it. That's it. That's that, it. The hard stop. Yep. Nope. Great. Good. Well, that's the fact. Perfect. Just the fact, Jack. That's just what I wanted. And now I don't have any more questions about Batman either. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got a cave. He's got a suit. He's even looking for a bat. That's right. Well. Guano. <laughs> Different That's movie. the crossover I want. Oh, my God. Okay. So, imagine this. The Riddler. I don't, uh, it, the Riddler is absolutely in this. <laughs> but which Batman is the real question? Who... Do you want to see climb out of a prosthetic rhinoceros's ass? Just all sweaty. I kind of want Clooney, and I don't know why. Clooney seems like the the right answer. Keaton's not bad, though. Keaton's not bad, and he's already kind of balding, so he definitely would slide better. Oh, yeah. For sure. More aerodynamic. But the thing about that is that I just don't think it's funny when Keaton says, Chicago. No? No. Okay. I think it's funny when Kilmer does it. And I think it's hysterical when Christian Bale does it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. Christian Bale, 100%. Do I come into your corner and tell you what rhinoceros has to fall out of? No! Do your fucking job! <laughs> I was going to go with Will Arnett, but no, it's too late. You win. It wouldn't be funny with Will Arnett. You'd, ex- You'd be expect expecting it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Bale. Definitely. Oh, you must be the Monopoly guy. <laughs> It doesn't work. Not at all, and that's what makes it work. Excuse me, Mr. Wayne. Would you like some Baba Bay Tuna? <laughs> Baba Bay Tuna. <laughs> I want it. I want it bad. Yeah, yeah. Who knew? At the hideout, the Phantom gives Diana black pearls because. 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 Hard stop. Captain Horton arrives, and he and the Phantom tell Diana that she's involved with the Seng Brotherhood because she brought that note that has the spiderweb on it, and now everybody knows what's happening. Right. We're all filled in. I'm glad we had that exposition dump. That that exposition trip to Bengala. Right. (laughs) The Phantom tells Horton to use the Jungle Patrol to take care of Diana and return her to New York while he goes after the Brotherhood. And she's like, that's it? Just like that? That's it. We're done here? Yes, we are. Yeah. Bye. I got a job to do. What I'm, more do you want? You already got all the exposition. I'm out. I need to go solve the problem. Yeah, I'm the purple man. You go home. Back in New York, Drax is elated to have the skull in his possession, but he wants to know why Diana's still alive. You know what? It is a reasonable question. Yeah. And Quill's like, ah, we ran into the Phantom, but that should be impossible because I killed him years ago. Well, did you? He's like, yeah, I got the proof no, right here. I love I'm wearing this his line belt. so much. So the line here is... James Remar tells Drax, says, I killed him once and he isn't dead. And I love Drax, goes, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great line. It's a Will Ferrell from Anchorman. Yeah. Six or seven of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. 
He's like, I have proof. I'm wearing the belt right now. Right. Where I stabbed him in the back, and I went all the way up to the hilt. All right. You want to know awesome? What? Hold on. Why are you taking your belt off? I killed Mr. Dockers. <laughs> if you go off of that, I killed him. He's so dead. <laughs> I'm the Dockers now. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I feel like you could just go to any hot topic and, and, and kill the Phantom <laughs> and get a skull belt. That's really not hard to do. Yoko Ono's walking around wearing a Beatles belt. <laughs> she earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Earning things is the is the theme of this episode. <laughs> That's right. Drax tells his cronies about the skulls of Tuganda. And that when you have two of them, they reveal the location of the third one. Yep. And and his his guy Ray is like, Yeah, but you only have one of them. He's like, I know, Ray, but we're we're gonna get there. <laughs> And he keeps talking, I and Ray's like, yeah, logic there. but you only have one of them. He's like, Ray, <laughs> we're going to get there. <laughs> He's like, I know where the second one is. And Ray's like, yeah, I don't know about all this. I'm out. I, I like stick to guns. This is like in the boardroom, right? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. And Ray's like, I don't, I'm not into all this mystical voodoo shit. I'm out. The only power I know is from the end of a gun barrel. That's right. So he leaves, and he's like, you, brother, come with me. And Charlie's like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Smart move, considering what's about to happen. David Provol. Yeah. Who shows up in so many things, and I'm like, it's the guy! He's got one of those faces. He does. He was Shawshank. He sure was. He's got a Shawshanky face. Very Shawshanky face. <laughs> Drax throws a spear through Ray's back. <laughs> From across the boardroom. Yep. Just lands it. With the police commissioner sitting at the table. <laughs> right, I like how he looks at Charlie, is it? And he goes, you're in charge now. Can you handle it? I've been waiting for this my whole life. Well, good, because now you're not going to get speared. Yeah. Also, glad you're not mad that I killed your brother right in front of you. Yep. <laughs> it's very weird. He tells the rest of the crew that they're going to take the second skull now, because, ah, damn it, I'm jazzed up. Right. Is Sala there again at this point? Sala is there. Okay. She shows up at one point in this to, like, join the bad gang or whatever, yeah. and right away- she says, like, oh, the girl's alive because the Phantom loves her. And Drax is like, well, how do you know that? Like, that seems like a giant leap. That's she a goes, huge leap. because he could have had me. And I love how Drax looks her dead in the eyes, Captain Trader Jones, and says, like, I think that's terrible judgment. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Drax just calls it how he sees it. Yeah. What a great character. He's a lot of fun. He's a little over the top. By design. And apparently fans with a PH weren't a fan of that. Well, this whole movie is a little over the top, and there's a reason for it. We will, and we'll get definitely there. get there. So yeah, they're gonna go take the second skull now because he knows where it is, and he he tells the commissioner, "Keep your police officers away, will you?" He's gonna listen. He's in the pocket. He's in the pocket. Kit, now dressed as his civilian self, pays a cabbie with precious gemstones. I love this cabbie so much. Tries paying him in Bengali money. The guy's like, "What are you doing? This is New, New York. York. You can't, give me you this. can't pay me with that." <laughs> It's like, fine, take these gemstones. And he's like, fine with that, I guess? I think he's reluctant. He's definitely reluctant. For sure. But he takes them. And he's like, yeah, I'm go get these appraised. I'll be back. That should be enough to cover you for the rest of the day. I don't know how gemstones work. I apparently don't either. But I'm glad we had a two-minute-long bartering scene in this movie. <laughs> Just what I needed. No, the pacing really it helped a lot. Yeah, well, they tightened this movie up, too. And we'll get there as well. They sure did. Kit goes and meets with Mr. Palmer, 
at the Tribune building, and once again he meets with Diana, who has mixed feelings about him since his sudden disappearance several years before because they were college buddies. They sure were. Or college lovers? It's question mark. Hinted at, since there's nothing subtle in this movie, yes. Yes. Yes, they were. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Diana's would-be suitor Jimmy Wells is there, and he's like, hey, I think I've seen one of those skulls, but it wasn't silver. It was green. Let me think. I think I was my 12th birthday. Yeah, it was at the Museum of World History. And I love this a lot, too, because Billy Zane's thinking face. <laughs> it's like a Captain America pose. Yeah. What is that? I uh, I don't know. Stroke your chin like a normal person would do nope, in a movie that's this, over the top. I think like I'm posing on top of a building with my cape flowing in the breeze. He doesn't wear a cape. It's only spandex. Exactly. Paulo Anton Phantom. <laughs> I love that. It's oh. weird, though, when you think about that, because Apollo Anton Ono is famous for that little weird goatee that he had. Yeah. And Billy Zane's eyebrows are fucked up, just hard stop fucked up. Yeah. It looks like a, a pair of chipmunks has laid across his face <laughs> and died. Chipmunks? We're going with chipmunks. I don't know. They're furry. They're, okay. Yeah. I like it. What else am I going to say? I don't know. See? <laughs> Good enough for me. Kit and Diana hurry to the Museum of World History with the help of Al the cabbie because he went and had the stones appraised. He was like, oh, man, this guy's awesome. He just gave me all this money. Yeah, I'll, I'll be his friend. This undetermined amount of money. Perfect. It must have been a lot because he's like, yeah, I'll drive you wherever you want to go. He's calling him sir. <laughs> That's how he knows a lot of money. Yeah. Kit smashes the museum exhibit and takes the skull, but Drax and his minions show up at the same time and capture him and Diana. Yeah. Um, we're about to have a problem. Are we? Yeah, this table might get Bruce Lee in half. <laughs> in half? <laughs> it's going to get hit. Wow. And it's going to get hit really hard. There's your trigger warning, everybody. If you're in your car, <laughs> maybe turn it down for a hot second. <laughs> Brian, what happens next? Drax puts the two skulls together. Yeah. And they reveal the location of the third skull because there's a map on the wall. Could you imagine if they'd been in a room with no map? With no map? What's it going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the equivalent of like mystic Wi-Fi being off if mystic there's no wifi. map in there. <laughs> it's the most helpful map ever. It is. And it's just like, it doesn't even show the whole world. It only shows that part of the world, yeah. which is appropriate probably for the room because the skull's in there. But yeah, but even Billy Zane says that the skull isn't even the right exhibit. Like right. this is the wrong time frame. Is the wrong part of the they world. They had the out written in, <laughs> and they just you know what? They just said fuck it. Nope. We're gonna just hey, we're gonna use the two skulls as laser pointers for this map on the wall. <laughs> cool. It's these two skulls are doing an actual PowerPoint presentation. Yes. Onto this map on the wall. They're doing a very powerful pointing. Oh my goodness! It hurt me. It hurt me so much. My immediate thought was, now what are you going to do if there's no map there? And the worst part about it is that you have Treat Williams holding these two skulls, and they're starting to like smoke and stuff in his hands. And then this room also just has a lot of stained glass windows. For whatever reason. That are not attached to the outside at all. They're not functional windows. <laughs> they're, they're not even art, really. Classic and, indoor stained glass, Dave. And they just collapse for reasons. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else in this room breaks besides the stained no, glass. No, there's lots of glass <laughs> hiding exhibits, and none of that breaks. No, if this were the jerk, like a jerk <laughs> version of this... I could see Steve Martin running up and going, he hates those windows! 
because it's that specific amount of a thing that's breaking and nothing else. Well, the skulls are so powerful that they can seek out very expensive windows and only break those ones. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) The third skull is on an uncharted island in the Devil's Vortex on the Yellow Sea. Correct. They could have just gone with Bermuda Triangle, but instead... They were like, hey, let's give it its own name. They could have, and I looked at this map, and I paused it, and I even screenshot it to make sure I can find out where it is. It is the Andaman Sea, which is off of Thailand, which is off of Malaysia. There's the Andaman Islands. Also, presumably, where Bengal is. That would make sense. So we're just going back and forth this whole movie. Yes. And we're going to get there in a second. Holy crap, this movie. (laughs) Drax brings Kit and Diana back to his office, and Kit sees his father's old skull belt buckled onto Quill, and he realizes that that's the guy that killed Dad. Right, he's got the belt. It must have been, he didn't go to Hot Topic. I always must put a notch in it. Don't take the whole thing. (laughs) They're in the office, and they're, they're taking Kit away, and they're like, oh, Keep Diana around. She's in love with the Phantom. She'll be her, our insurance. Our Phantom insurance. And she's like, you're just jealous. Yeah. I like sure. She starts off with like, how did you? I mean, what gives you that idea? <laughs> <laughs> For a strong female, which she is. She is. This That's, doesn't help. It's not helping. And it's weird because I read an article about this movie. I want to say it came out five years ago. Okay. The 20th anniversary like, you know how they do discussions and interviews and stuff oh, about yeah. that? Like, remember yeah. when? And Simon <laughs> Windsor did a thing about this, and he said, like, we made a point not to make the girls decoration. We right. made a point in doing that. I think it did a pretty good job. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's just this dialogue does not help them. It does not. Kit escapes from his captors, and he puts on the purple suit, and then he escapes again more. He escapes harder, yeah. And and he evades the police outside the building because obviously they're looking for him because the commissioner's on the payroll. And he gets a ride from Al and he steals a police horse and the police whistle at him real hard. They whistled the hardest I've ever seen someone whistle. Was that what it was like in the 30s? Like if you yeah. committed a crime, police would just be like, hey. Someone <laughs> <laughs> blow a whistle at you? We're going to annoy you to death. Ah, it's like I'm your gym teacher now. That's right. And then he visits the zoo. So, you know, it's it's a whole <laughs> yes, fun chase yes. scene. I like how these cops chase him through Central Park because uh, he was jumping across cars yeah. along the street. He started whatnot. to get into the Al's cab. Right. And Al kind of is confused by it. And the Phantom's like, I'm a friend of Kit. And then a police officer just chases him right through the other side right? of the cab. And then he jumps over a lot of cars. And then he jumps on a horse because, of course, he does. Of course, of course. through Central Park. And these motorcycle cops can't catch the horse because horses. They're so fast. They're so fast. In this universe, horses are the oh fastest God, thing. They're so faster fast. than planes. They're faster than motorcycles. Right. And I like how he just disappears over this wall, to which the cops are like, what's behind that wall? It's the zoo. The zoo. It's like the only thing in this fucking park, <laughs> cop. What else what could it be? What do you think it could possibly be? Is this your first day? Did you just move here from What's behind Michigan? that wall? What is- I don't fuck Hong Kong. What do, you, what do you expect me to answer here? <laughs> ah, it's New Jersey. Jesus. What? No, that's not how it works. They said it's bridge and tunnel, not bridge and wall, Frank. <laughs> Unbelievable, these cops. I like that they go into the zoo and they're like, well, I think we lost him. And they just they just fuck off. They're like, they sort of fuck off because the tiger yells at them. Yeah, the tiger's like, yeah, he's not over and here. And then Billy Zane walks out and he pets the tiger and he fucks off. And then he fucks off a little too quickly because the cops are like, wait. 
Oh, I see him. There yeah. he is. <laughs> they go chase him more. And then he gets back in the cab. <laughs> and then he oh, because has... Al pulls up and gets back in the cab. He gets back in the cab, and he has an argument in the back seat with his ghost dad. Oh, God. That all happens, <laughs> huh? <laughs> so, you know. We go from not knowing where the Central Park Zoo is. Yep. And what is probably not New York <laughs> to... <laughs> and he's having a conversation with a ghost dad, just casually. And Al's looking back, like, "What are you fucking doing? Who are you talking to, bud?" <laughs> Sala is gonna fly Drax, Quill, and Diana. Every time I say Drax and Quill, I th- I'm thinking Guardians. As you should. Every it's time. complicated. She's gonna fly the whole crew, including Diana, because she's the Phantom Insurance to the Devil's Vortex. Right. And just before this happens, is they're in the car going to the airport or whatever it is, the dock. I don't know what it is. I like how. Sally gives like sass to Diana. Diana's like, "Why are you so mean? Yeah, what? What's your deal? What's your deal? What's going on?" And Sally's just like, "Ow, doof! Right in the field." <laughs> I guess. Oh, I am being mean. I am being mean. Oh. So don't you care about anything? Like, okay, I guess this character who we barely know is gonna have to examine this within herself now. <laughs> Good. Oh, the person I'm kidnapping asked me if I have emotions, so now I gotta think. Damn it! My only weakness. The Phantom manages to hitch a ride on the plane uh, on the landing pontoon. He loves those pontoons. He sure does. <laughs> and let me stop you for a hot second. Yeah, sure. Because this next part of this show, of this episode, is brought to you by IMPDB.org, which is the Internet Movie Plane Database. Oh, fun. This plane here, this movie's loaded with planes. It's got a lot. Tons. This plane here is taking off from New York. This is a Beechcraft D-18S. Yeah. It's hard to understand what's going on here because this plane takes off at night and it arrives in the Devil's Vortex at dawn. In daylight, yeah. In daylight. Since this plane takes off from New York and it lands in the Andaman Sea, the closest major city to that is Bangkok, which is 7,525 nautical miles Away from New York. <laughs> the Beechcraft range is 985 nautical miles. Yeah. This flight today, with one stop attached to it, is 18 hours, 55 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't find a flight with a direct flight. All right. But I do not think that this is going to work. No, it doesn't seem like that plane's going to make it. And also, it. the Phantom. Is outside He's the plane. outside the plane hanging onto the landing pontoon again. The whole time. The entire flight from New York to let's call it Bangkok <laughs> on this <laughs> propeller plane that only could fly 985 nautical miles. Yeah, I looked into it, movie. I'm glad you did because, man, and I couldn't suspend my disbelief over a truck being upside down on a rope bridge. <laughs> Correct. At least Indiana Jones had the balls to do the map with the red line that showed where you were going. Yeah. This just says, we're taking off. Okay, we're landing. <laughs> and we're going to get in this little puddle jumper, and we're going to go direct from New York to Bangkok with a guy on the outside of the plane. Right. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. <laughs> That's amazing. I must like this movie because I was in it at that point and did not even think about it. Didn't even think about it. That's the telltale sign that you liked it. On the island, Drax and his men discover that the gold skull is in the possession of the pirates of the Sang Brotherhood. Of course it is. Of course they had to come back. Diana and Sala 
form a weird bond based on the whole being two attractive women in the presence of actual pirates and wanting to stay safe. Sure. So they're like, let's stick together, even though- Sal is the one who says it. Yeah. She's like, I know I was trying to kidnap you, but when you asked me earlier if I have any feelings, maybe the two of us should hang out. Sure. Xander Drax and the pirate Kabai Seng, a descendant of the Brotherhood's original leader, discuss the skulls of Tuganda. Basically, Drax is like, I want your gold skull. And Seng is like, you're not getting my gold skull. You're not getting skull. my gold skull. Seng warns Drax of the existence of a fourth skull, which controls the power of the other three. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's correct. Drax ends up offering Seng Diana. And that's when the Phantom is like, oh, no, you don't. And he emerges and he battles both men. I want to say emerge from the shadow, but he emerged from legitimately the best lit place. <laughs> the very well in lit this ceiling. Cave. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well lit. The Phantom and Kabai Seng sword fight. Yes, they do. Didn't need that in this movie. And it's we got it. The only thing that hadn't happened yet. You're right. So the Phantom tricks him into falling into his own pool of sharks. He does. And, and also, even... a man gets cannoned, and I like that a man does it. Not just any man, it's David Provol. Uh, Charlie Man. Charlie right. he gets, gets cannoned. cannoned. And I loved it. It was excellent, especially because he's like, I got a gun, so whatever you're thinking, it's not going to work, because I'll shoot you so quick. And then he's like, fire the cannon. And he's like, what did you just say? <laughs> and he's like, I said, fire the cannon. And then you have a solid like five seconds where we just zoom in on his face, and he doesn't pull the trigger. He just gets cannoned. He gets cannoned right in the chest. And it's awesome. I loved it. So good. But yeah, uh, the Phantom tricks the Seng guy into falling into his own pool of sharks. Yes, he does. Not even any laser beams in the freaking foreheads. I couldn't believe it either. And Diana and Sala fight off all the other villains. Or other pirates, right? I should say. I like how the Phantom escapes because he does like the lamest version of parkour. <laughs> it's like lazy man's parkour. It's like a guy who just joined a CrossFit gym for the first time, like trying to fit in on like the ropes or whatever. Yeah, parkour. I don't know what's at CrossFit gyms. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> it's like any YouTube video of a kid trying to do parkour but not doing it at all. <laughs> right. Just imagine the Star Wars kid in his garage <laughs> trying to do parkour, just jumping off of walls, going parkour. <laughs> Parkour. <laughs> Full blown office. I yes. need that. <laughs> That's your threat level midnight. It absolutely is. The Phantom helps the women escape in a submarine armed with live torpedoes. Right. And he He's ties like, it up to like a chain yeah. thing also so he can kind of get out later. You two, get in there. I'm going to fire it, but don't worry. I'm going to look out the, the scope to make sure you don't hit anything and blow up. I have never seen somebody stand at a periscope with more authority. Oh, man. His arms are, I mean, his legs are so spread out. He's just he like- He is a full-blown lunge- Bam. On this thing. Power position. His gym teachers would have been very proud. Oh, absolutely. His form, flawless. Flawless. He starts to send them on their way, and Quill shows up, and he's like, ah, I killed you once, I'll kill you again. And he's like, ah, oh, you killed my dad. It's like, how do you not realize this? I'm a young guy. <laughs> I'm a young phantom. How are you not getting right? this? Right, if you killed the guy- that used to be the Phantom six years ago, that puts him at like 60. Does not make sense. Quill, you're an idiot. Quill is an idiot. I killed the 60-year-old Phantom. Who's this young guy that is the same, I bet? I like how everyone's just like, even the the pirate man's just like, yeah, the Phantom, he's immortal. Yeah, been out forever. It's like, guys. I like that the pirate guy, on. when they're actually fighting, is like, I know your secret. I'm going to kill you now. What secret? What that, secret could that possibly be? The secret that he's not actually immortal. That's not a secret. But it is. Oh, my goodness. 
canonically, it's a secret. Okay. <laughs> to anybody with a brain, obviously, it's just a bunch of dudes wearing the same purple suit. But Unbelievable. <laughs> it makes me wonder how long Spandex has been like involved in this family. Because this movie does take place in the 1930s. Yeah. And that fabric does and this not guy exist. is the 21st Correct. Phantom. So is it the same suit still? I don't know. Weird rules. Very weird, weird rules. Though. Very weird. They get weirder. We'll get there. Drax shows up, and he has all three skulls now, and he, he puts them together, and he turns them against the Phantom, but instead he accidentally kills Quill. He explodes him. It's awesome. It's so cool. And then, of course, he turns it on the Phantom, and the Phantom's like, ah, but I got the fourth skull. Yeah. Uh, basically, what Drax is doing is he makes a, a green laser pointer. Yeah. And it's the equivalent of like when your parents told you, like, don't look at that. Don't, don't aim at anybody's eyes. eyes. Don't do that. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. That's all it's doing. It's just like cutting things very precisely. Very precisely. And exploding people if it touches them. It's that ultimate power he was searching for. How ultimate is that? It seems very specific. In the 30s, it's pretty ultimate. Okay. <laughs> you tell me you got a light that can cut through anything? That's the ultimate power. It's such a silly power. Like it that is. when you actually see it in action, you're like, this is what they were going for? <laughs> That's it, huh? All right. Okay. Cool. Got it. Cool. <laughs> the Phantom uses the fourth skull, which is his ring. Of course it is. And he overcomes the other skulls and destroys them and Drax in a big old explosion. It's such a specific power because he got handed down this power when he was a kid and they gave him the ring. Yeah. And it can only like stop this one thing yep. that we're conveniently fighting against. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it has more uses. I don't know, man. It's kind of like a dumb and dumber of like, what if he shot me in the face? Like, you're only prepared for one specific situation. <laughs> that you're not prepared for anything else. Yeah. Luckily, the the power of his ring, which I don't even know if he knew his, his ring had this kind of power, but it blew up the entire island. It did. It volcanoed it. It volcanoed it. It made it explode. Right. And it makes you think that Drax had the phantom insurance with Diana, <laughs> if only had volcano insurance. Right. That's that's why you got to, whenever somebody says, hey, volcano insurance, you got to go, <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, it's the last time a volcano came through your neighborhood. Don't you think you're overdue? <laughs> As the island is destroyed, the phantom grabs onto the chain he attached to the submarine, and he pulls on it until he reaches the, the sub and he lets out Diana and Sala. And right. Like, Here we are in the middle of the ocean. I'm sure this is going to be... Smash cut! Save! Good thing. Good thing we smash cut that because I don't know how they got out of that. I have no clue, we'll but never, that is exactly what happens. Never know. Smash cut! In Balgala, once again, the Phantom explains to Diana how the mantle is passed down from father to son over time. And the reason he left college so quick was because oh, I had to go take up... The Phantom Dumb. Right. And it is a bit weird that it gets passed down father to son in the middle of this jungle because it's just white people. It is. It's just white people. It is. It's just, they in were like- In purple suits. Let's give it to this first white kid and then he'll pass it on to his white kid and wait, wait I think we made a mistake somewhere here. <laughs> why do we give the ring to a stranger who just showed up on our shores? Right. And it's like, no wonder why the Black Panther was such a big deal. Because there's fucking nepotism here in Bengala. Yeah. Or whatever. It's like he's going around, and he's just like, what do you want to name these people? I don't know, the fucking rope people. <laughs> the rope people, yeah. Like, this is just ridiculous. I have questions about his education, because <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, I was born here and raised here, and then I went to the United States for my education. <laughs> right. And then after college, he had to come back to become 
the Phantom. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm confused. None of that makes any sense. Why'd you go to college in the United States? I don't know. Because I had point, to be able to eventually. speak English for this movie. He speaks perfect English. Billy fucking Zane. Exactly. That's why he had to go to college in the United States. And isn't his dad English, like proper English? Am I making that up? I don't remember. I don't either. He's a ghost dad. He's a ghost. He's definitely and a ghost. ghosts can have whatever accents they want. That's true. Everybody knows once you die, you pick an accent. You pick it. And you can change it every day if you want. If you want. But because of the whole passing down the mantle thing, that's how they keep alive the rumor of their immortality. Right. Which... This is actually the strangest way to get a woman into bed. Yeah. Like, this involves a lot of preparation. <laughs> hey, a lot so of I've been working on this scheme for about 400 years. Listen up. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to imagine that once he, like, whoever is the Phantom of the Time does land the girl. I'd imagine that ghost hands pop out of all these tombs that he's walking by. To just give him, high fives. Like he just scored a goal in the <laughs> NHL going down the bench with high fives. Yes. I'd have to imagine that's what it's, this is his pickup line. Oh, 100%. It is. Diana, in return, reveals to the Phantom that she's like, yeah, I know you're Kit Walker. I'm not a dum-dum. You look like him, you sound like him. There's no mistake in those Billy Zane eyebrows. Right. <laughs> no, but I'm the Phantom. You can shave your head. I am a giant beef castle of a man. <laughs> you can shave your head all you want to get into that weird suit, but I know it's still you right? under there. <laughs> Kit removes his mask, telling her that he's only allowed to reveal all his secrets to one person, the woman he intends to marry. Seal the deal. And And she's like, what if she just says no and leaves? He's like, oh boy, nobody says no brutal. to the Phantom. That is a brutal line. That is a terrible line. I watched every producer and executive producer on this movie in the credits, and somehow Harvey Weinstein is not one of them. <laughs> yeah, it was like nobody says no to the Phantom, and then he kisses her, and she's like, "Well, you're right." And then she leaves, and then she's like, "But I'm going to New York later." <laughs> what a baller move! And then Ghost Dad is like, "You." idiot how did you let her go he's like don't worry one day she'll be back she'll return to the phantom's jungle and to kit (laughs) and that's the phantom that is in fact the phantom from 1996 directed by simon windsor who did free willy so like yes he did there you go never forget how could i i had to google it to see that he did it i did too (laughs) And Operation Dumbo Drop. He, he really likes big animals. Operation Dumbo Drop. And that's where the music actually came from for this is because David Newman yes. also worked on Operation Dumbo Drop. Famed cousin of Randy Newman. Yes, he is. We talked about him in Jingle All the Way. We absolutely did. And it fully checks out, but not really because we'll not get there. We'll 100% get there. <laughs> this is definitely a movie. Oh, yeah. and It, it is a movie. I regret to inform you, I love it. There it is. There it is. I definitely like it. This I don't is know if I can say so I love much it. fun in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> it's so dumb. And it's one of those things like astronauts are dying left and right. Oh yeah, no this it, is it's, it's horrible to watch. Yeah. I can't believe all the carnage from all this dead astronauts. They even put a submarine in the movie. They had no Right, they were played with their own fate. <laughs> but to me this is kind of what it's all about, the comic book movie where they're supposed to get silly. They're supposed to get ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be silly and ridiculous. So Joe Dante wrote this, the <laughs> Jeffrey Bob. And then they wanted to kind of rush this movie into production. And he said, like, no, I, hold on. I can't do that. So he bailed off of the thing. And he ended up taking an executive producer credit instead on this. Yeah. The folks who took it over after, the endless list of producers on this thing, because there are so There's 
so many. many. It's a lot. You have like Alan Ladd Jr., who is just Hollywood royalty. Yeah. Alan Ladd Jr., most famous for producing Star Wars. Right. Ends up doing The Phantom. <laughs> Menace? No, just The Phantom. Nope. Full stop. The Phantom. Full stop. <laughs> but they tried to do this thing straight. And they said that it just became an absolute cluster of a movie because they didn't understand what was actually given to them script-wise yeah. and then what was actually directed, what was put on screen. It's because you have Simon Winsor, who grew up reading The Phantom, tried to do it that way. Right. As right. Like a, a kind of more of a, a hard-nosed serial, but nobody told him that the script was actually pretty damn funny. Yeah. I actually have a full quote from Joe Dante. Okay. That. I developed the script with the late Jeff Bohm, who wrote Interspace, as a kind of spoof. We were a few weeks away from shooting in Australia when the plug was pulled over the budget and the presence of a winged demon at the climax. A year or so later, it was put back into production, Sans Demon, only nobody seemed to notice it was written to be funny, so it was disastrously played straight. (laughs) Many unintentionally funny moments were cut after a raucous test screening, and I foolishly refused money to take my name off the picture, so I'm credited as one of a zillion producers. And what's amazing about that is we just talked about Dr. Giggles last week, which played it straight. <laughs> oh, and despite the very funny lines in the movie. Delightfully so. And this, I don't even know if they're playing it straight. I don't think Treat Williams is playing it straight. Treat Williams, I think, might be the only person on Who's set who on knows it, that But it's I also don't think Billy Zane's playing it straight. funny script. I don't know that Billy Zane can. Are you <laughs> suggesting that if you want to keep Quill involved, then Billy Zane absolutely hit his Peter Principle with this. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll just call it leading man is his Peter Principle. He failed up so hard and he got there and then got the Phantom. And everyone's like, Titanic love interest? Yeah, let's let's put him Uh, as like a third tier character in in Titanic. Maybe he can handle that. It checks out. It does. I, I don't know. I don't know. But there are a bunch of people who say he absolutely nails the role. I think he's good in it. Yeah. I don't think he's great in it by any means. But I do think he does do quite a bit of tongue-in-cheek in this movie. I think so, too. So that's why I don't quite buy what Joe Dante said. Maybe it was just Simon Windsor who didn't know. Uh, maybe. I mean, that right there you're going to get a, a difference in tonality based on just him trying to play it straight and the actors being like, have you read the script? It's funny. I actually think it is pretty funny. A lot of things Drax says is very funny. Oh, absolutely. Drax is great. Drax is, he absolutely is. is probably the most true to the script portrayal oh without a doubt and i'm sure as you can imagine rotten tomatoes what the score is oh it's got to be under sub 50 it is sub 50 40 43 okay audience scores 31 which is a weird one that it went oh wow down yeah. way because i would imagine it to go the other way but one of the most shocking things about this movie is roger ebert saw it and he gave it three and a half out of four stars wait the same roger ebert The same Roger Ebert. He says, The purple-clad ghost who walks stars in a rousing jungle adventure in one of the best-looking movies in a long time. Stop it. We're after Jurassic Park. This is post-Jurassic Park. (laughs) Billy Zane stars as the Phantom. Treat Williams is the evil Xander Drax. Chrissy Swanson is the plucky Diana. And the stunts and special effects are nonstop. I will kind of agree with him. That's true. I can't take that from him. The movie is wonderfully entertaining, red-blooded and rousing, and with a production design that makes it uncommonly handsome. The production design is actually pretty good. It's it's decent. I agree. Except for Drax's office. Drax's <laughs> office looks terrible, and anytime you look out the window, 
it is the worst cyclorama I've ever seen in my life <laughs> because it is so flat and it might as well be right up against the window yeah. so you don't get any depth to it at all. It does not look like a city. No. It is jarring if you see it. <laughs> Ebert goes on to say The Phantom was written by Jeff Baum, who wrote Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It has the breakneck energy of the Indiana Jones movies and the same love of fedora hats and very big old trucks. That's true. Then he ends by saying, but it's not Indy in a purple suit. It has its own distinctive tone and feel and certain innocence. The PG rating indicates it's suitable for families, and so it is, because it's lack of unnecessary violence and sexuality, but that doesn't mean it's not red-blooded. He went back there again. That's classic Ebert. It's in love with a period when there were islands not on any map, and one or two brave people who could change history, and characters could shout out, have you heard the exciting news? We're going to the Devil's Vortex! <laughs> yeah. It's very exciting news when he says that. Nailed it, I guess. I guess so. That's, I can't disagree with most of what he says, so... All right. I guess I like this movie better than I thought. He's not wrong. Three and a half And it stars. blows my mind when you start really looking at it, because it's like, the movie does look really good. It does. You can't... I mean, for 1996, it looks very good. Yeah, and... I know we have super stuff for that. That's we'll right. get there. We will get there. The Drax is on Amazon.com. <laughs> they're invisible because they're not moving. I couldn't see them either. They gave it a 4.7 out of 5. Oh, wow. 79% are 5 star, 2% are 1 star. There really were not a lot. Okay. That, that checks out. From December 29th, 2019, Billy, like he knows him, Billy tried to mask his baldness, <laughs> but that was dumb. We all knew, and we all know. <laughs> Purple body condoms are not cool. Thank you, Amazon, for providing this for free so I didn't have to waste my own money. Goodbye and good night. Wow. That's a very polite review. <laughs> I don't know if it is. I feel like he kind of like tipped his hat of like crushed it. He shaved his head when he had when he did the the Phantom Sure. Because he wanted to, to fit skin tight of like course. the character in the comics. Yeah, right. Was he balding yet in 96? I don't know. He had a pretty solid head of hair in the other scenes. He did. So. I mean, this is Rocketeer hair, as we always say, where it, it looks like it's parted and whatnot. Yeah, that's and true. You're looking at it, you're like, nobody has that hair in real life. Nobody. Nobody. That's a weird reason to give a movie one star, but- Hey, to each their own. Whatever bloats your goat. That's right. From October 5th, 2020, how many family members does Billy Zane have? This is a- Wait, what? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. I get it. It's October 2020. You've been trapped inside for a long time. (laughs) These things are going to go through your head at some point. Where you're sitting there on your couch going, Billy Zane, huh? Billy Zane. Man, I wonder if there's more Zanes out there. This zany world. (laughs) Unless they're talking about the previous phantoms. How many Billy Zanes? That's but the, even that. That's I don't know. They got know. me. I don't know. Amazon man. The last one I have is from December fourth, twenty nineteen. These are all fairly recent. Yeah, they are. Artist. Title: Cheesy. Okay. Review: Maybe if you liked Adam West Batman. <gasps> How dare you? They're very, very, very different movies. It's funny because when they were trying to film this in the seventies. They wanted Adam West. They also wanted Sergio Leone. <laughs> Which weird combination. That would have been so weird. Can you imagine Adam West just reeling himself in? In a purple body condom? <laughs> Unbelievable. And then in the 80s, they wanted Dolph Lundgren. 
I would pay lots of money so to see that money. movie. So much money. So, and then uh, Billy Zane barely beat out Bruce Campbell. So there you go. Oh no! Yeah, I can't believe they made the worst of the choices there. Different movies. I would love to see Bruce Campbell do this. Oh, a hundred percent. I do have something that we usually don't touch on, but advertising tie-ins to this movie. I found something, and I just want to read to you what it says. Okay. After a grueling day of defending the Earth from piracy, greed, and cruelty, I just can't wait to get home, kick back, and pour myself a drink. Of milk, that is. Oh, God. (laughs) With nine essential nutrients that help make me strong, like protein, calcium, and vitamin D, it's the beverage of choice for most superheroes. Milk. What a surprise. Did they do a got milk? And he's got the mustache. Oh, my God. We'll put that on Facebook. We that will. is ridiculous. 100% that that has to exist. Just Billy Zane fully phantomed up with a white mustache. Unbelievable. Isn't that great? That is great. How about we give this thing a super stuff score? We could do that, but instead. That's the wrong sound. <laughs> And now for another edition of the Cape Podcast's Theater! This week, Dave, we're going right from the book. So I need you to pick up your I Forced a Bot to Write This Book, AI Meets BS. Okay. And turn to page 98. Now, for some reason, this movie is continuously compared to another movie. And An it Indiana just, Jones movie. It just okay. so happens that Keaton Patty forced a bot to watch a thousand hours of Indiana Jones movies. And then had that bot write a script of its own. And this is the first page. I'm going to be doing the narration and the part of Hitler. <laughs> and you are going to be Indiana Jones. I'm both very, very excited and jealous. Of, <laughs> Do you, of would everything. you rather be Hitler? I don't know. This is very good. I thought I was saving you from doing an accent. I've seen Jojo Rabbit. Oh, okay. Do you want to do it? No. All right. I just think that's wrong for me to even attempt. That's, that's fair. I'd rather you be on the hook for this one. Yeah, I'm German, so... Fair enough. Here we go. Interior. Put your arm down. Hey, now. (laughs) That's not not cute. This is an audio medium. They don't know you're joking. (laughs) Interior. The cave that wrote the Bible. (laughs) We see Indiana Jones, sweaty with dust and hatted with hat. The giant boulder follows him everywhere since it is (laughs) 1930s. I must watch for boob traps. He looks at a wall wrongly, and 30 spears fire. He dodges while being ruggedly handsome. He examines a spear. Being archaeology professor, I know the spear is old. From past, I bet. On a pedestal, we see the item of seeking, the holy crystal skull of the alien Jesus Christ. (laughs) Indiana steps to it. Not so fast, Dr. Jeans. I just realized I I could really just go for Harrison Ford here, but it'd be just unintelligible. (laughs) It's true. I'll try it. I'll try it next time. All right, all right. The state of Indiana turns and sees Hitler, the Nazi's evil quarterback. (laughs) Hitler aims two snakes at Indiana. Uh, Why why must it be snakes? Other things exist, I believe, like fish. Snakes are Nazis now! Get used to it. Now take skull and give to me. It belongs in a museum, so people can look at it being old. Jesus was a car painter. He loved museums. (laughs) Museums are Nazis now. Indiana hates this. He uses his whip to grab the crystal skull and flings it at Hitler's German skull. Hitler catches it with his puny mustache. <laughs> Moron. 
Now I have the power of Christianity. I own Sundays. <laughs> Hitler stares into the skull. Indiana Jones shoots Hitler. Hitler forgot to make bullets into Nazis, so they're still his enemy, and he dies. <laughs> this was all archaeology. <laughs> <laughs> He tries to take the alien head, but the Nazi snakes guard it. He gives up since he has a college class to teach in seven minutes. <laughs> Keaton Batty strikes again. I can't stress enough to everybody. Buy his book. Purchase the man's book. Follow him on Twitter. I forced a bot to write this book. AI meets BS. It's fantastic. It's so great. Now let's give this thing a... Not... No, it is super stuff. Now let's give this thing a super stuff Don't score. you mess around with it. I love this movie. Officially on record, unfortunately. <laughs> Story motivation. I don't quite know what it is still. It's, uh... You got the bad guy who has all the motivation. Yeah, he wants to get that laser pointer. That's it. And the phantom... And the guy wants to go, no, 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 not I, my, my jungle. I want to wear this purple suit and make sure you can't get that laser. That's right. That's my motivation. And I'm going to annoy you by making you and your people traverse... The 7,000-some-odd nautical miles back and forth three separate times. At an unbalanced puddle jumper. Right. <laughs> to do that. How do they not realize there's somebody outside the plane? I don't know. It had to be so unbalanced. Without a doubt. I'm going to go 0.25. I think that's- There's a story. That's fair. It doesn't seem very good. But there is a story. <laughs> it's it's there, kind of. And with that, we move on to Hero. <laughs> um, He does save the day. He does. And he, and he blows up a secret hideout. He makes a volcano. In the meantime. I don't know. I like I can't figure out the ring still because it, it feels a lot like a gold member. Like, my Vinky was a key the whole time. Like, it just happened to be there. <laughs> and he happened to aim it at the thing. Well, the ring is passed down from phantom to phantom. But they don't so. say when the three skulls that are going to conveniently come together in one story are pointed at you, aim it at it, and then you'll be fine. He just knew. Oh, the pirate guy said something about a fourth skull. There's one on my finger. Maybe I'll try it. Well, he does stop it's piracy, a good thing. and he does fight for truth, justice, and America, or whatever. I don't <laughs> Not know Not America. Bengali way. Beng- Bengala. I'm going to go 0. 0.5. It's absolute a, max. It's a really good thing he didn't try to use the skull on his belt buckle, because that wouldn't have worked. Just thrusting? He just, <laughs> and then And then he just would have gotten his, his junk zapped off with, That's the, right. with the super laser. That's right. 0. 0.5? Uh, it seems generous. It does. But you know what? Why not? Okay. <laughs> what the hell? We have several more categories to correct. Yes, we do. Villains. One. One. I agree. Drax is so good. Drax is phenomenal. He's so much fun. He's so evil. He's a treat. Outright in the open, he is an, uh, a literal treat. Yes. He's so good. He's great. He's he's devious. He's killing people in front of their brothers and police commissioners. Right. It's phenomenal. Parents. We definitely have a dead dad. We 100% have we a have dead to, dad. But I don't know about a dead mom. Uh, we, we know have to nothing assume, about but his mother. We can't assume. We can't, the point. So that's point five. Point five, which is, I mean, not bad. A decent showing because recently we have not had a lot of dead parents. Right. Female characters. They're both very strong. They are. But the fact but that you use the word both is there's only two. There are only two. Well, there is a whole team of, of female pilots. Right. But let's not forget. That Sala's pretty big motivation on her like side is, you love the Phantom, like yeah. they can't stop talking about the Phantom. Yeah, I don't know if this passes the Bechdel test. I don't think it does. 
yeah, that's, that's, I'm gonna go point five. They are very strong, but there's so are much holding very them back. strong. But there's yeah, there are still lots of glaring issues for these ladies. Setting, it's New York. Yeah, kind of. It's Australia. Y- yes, kind of. And it's Taiwan. Vietnam? Thailand. Thailand. They yeah, did film kind of where they're supposed to. Okay. <laughs> It's weird and complicated. It's and, also, it's yeah. not New York. It's, it's, it's all LA. done in LA. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go 0.25. It's a jungle. It is. And who cares? Yeah. I do like what they did with the skull cave. The entrance it's of the skull very cave cool. was pretty neat. I'll give you that. That's so, part of the overall the set of jungle. Game. Right. Uh, I'm going to go 0.25. 0.25. No, I can't. I'm going to go zero. You're going to go zero because, is it because of the- The plane. The whole oh, back the and forthness of it all doesn't make any sense. There at is all. a lot of back and forth, and let's not forget about the outside of that office. I'm gonna go negative. No, you don't have to. Point two five. I yeah? forgot about the outside of that office. All right, it's terrible. It's it's unforgivable. It's so distracting when you're watching it, and those are the type of things you pay attention to. I did not think we were gonna go negative yeah, on this. Yeah, I don't one, like that. But negative point two five for setting. Just being honest, style and tone. It, well, it's also not New York. It's, it's not, not New York. It doesn't feel like New York. <laughs> Nothing that is New York. It's right. And that should fit in the style and tone. Even Central Park, they're like, what's behind that wall? Yeah. <laughs> so for style and tone, I'm thinking 0. 0.25. 0.25. There's not a lot here. The movie looks great. It does look really good. But that just means it's shot well. Like there's no right, real which style is to the, this that's movie. That's the bare minimum yeah. is to shoot it well. <laughs> there's also the whole misunderstanding about the script being comedic. Which which does not help the tone. It's not helpful at all. But I also don't know how much I believe Joe Dante because Treat Williams is very clearly hamming it up. That might just be Treat. But that's one of your leads. Yeah, there's that's not true. a lot of dialogue outside of your leads in this movie. No, not at all. So I don't know how much I trust Joe Dante with that one. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with point two five. Stick with a point two five. That brings us to music. I like it. I, I like it quite a bit. I don't remember it. Really? At all. I can't hum a, a bit of it, but I even made a note of multiple times, this music feels very heroic, it feels very mysterious, it feels very cinematic. Okay. But since I can't hum even a second of it- And I, I, it was lost on me, the music entirely. I'll go 0.25. All right. Because if I can't remember, but I liked it, 0.5. If you don't remember a second of it, I have to lower it. Yeah. 0.25. 0.25. One-liners. Drax. He crushes it. That doesn't make sense. Okay. And that's Step Brothers. But... It is. Well, but this is pre Step Brothers. It is, but it's all right. I guess. No one refuses the Phantom. Oh, you're going to. The creepy line. The creepy <laughs> line. You're going to use that. So we're, we're those two even each other out. Okay. Right? What else do you got? Uh, nothing. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. I, there was nothing that really. St- I like that they were doing. Um, apparently in the comics, they, they, they do a lot of like these nuggets of wisdom. And nobody thought they would ever put him in the movie. And they did. Like when he says, don't aim a gun at something. Okay. That's it might neat. go off. So That's a cool addition. It's something, but it's yeah, not It's not going to make it. No. Impact on the genre. It didn't get a sequel. It didn't. It's still in talks to get a sequel. It, it, somehow. Today. Somehow. It's a 1996 superhero movie, though. That's got to count for that, something. That's got to be something, because th- that's unheard of. This movie is considered a massive box office bomb because it did cost forty five million dollars to make. It only grossed seventeen million 
in the U.S., and yeah. I have to imagine the domestic is not huge, not huge at all. So did not make its money back. No, which is why sequels were immediately stopped. But there is a certain style and flair to this movie that made people want to keep making superhero movies. Uh, absolutely, even after this, because when you look at the modern superhero movie, I do think it got ushered in by X Men. I agree. I agree. X-Men had a big part of that. This is still riding those weird coattails of Superman. <laughs> this is this That's is still going. Like so. mid-Batman era, though. Yeah, but Batman doesn't exist without Superman. And then Batman obviously comes in and explodes. Right. But there's a lot of Batman goof-em-ups happening surrounding this movie with Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Yeah. So it's like... Well, one of the Ugh. things I read about this was it was trying to the the marketing for this movie was trying too hard to market it as the next Batman, which is a reason that it flopped so hard because people went in expecting a Batman. They're like, "This is nothing like Batman." No, 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 no. I'm gonna go point two five. I think that's that's fair. I think it's generous when you look at it as an independent comic that's not tied to one of the major labels. That changes things. To what extent, though? Not a ton. Because it would be a long time before they did it again. That's correct. So. I'm going to stick with my point two five. Point two five sounds good. We a lot of point two fives this round. That is going to give the Phantom a total score of three point two five. I would say nailed it. Okay, yeah. Despite me loving this movie, I was going to say it feels a little low to me, and I, I didn't love it. So I don't know. It's a fun movie. It's a goofy movie. It is. It's fun and not goofy. that goofy movie, but a goofy movie. <laughs> Nope, that's what the title of a goof. Exactly. <laughs> it's fun. I like it. It's stupid. Yeah. It's a, a no-brain movie when you watch it. That's true. You're just there to stare at a purple man running around doing ridiculous things. And, and man, you is know it what? ridiculous. It's fine. It is fine. Three, two, five. Absolutely. And now I guess it's time for me to ask you the most loaded question I think I've ever asked you. It's a big one. Of what are we watching next week? Next week, we're going to be talking about the Snyder Cut. All four hours of it. Oh, yes. <laughs> so strap in. It's probably not going to be a short episode. I can't imagine it will be. And we're probably not going to give out a three, two, five at the end of it. Unless we do. It might happen. Who knows? I don't know. Zack Snyder's hit or so. miss. I so. still love Justice League. And I'm so happy we get another one. What if this one's worse? Then let it be worse. And then you're That's like, fine. well- Wish I just watched the first one. No, I get two movies. Why would I be so upset about that? <laughs> That's awesome. Unless it's real bad. Who gives a shit if it's real bad? You still get more content. You get more superhero stories. There's a lot of good superhero stories out there. There's a lot of bad ones. Absolutely. We just talked about a famously bad one, and we both like it. Yeah. It's possible to like things that aren't good. It is possible to like things that are not good. Especially but it's also, if you're Dave it's got a DC to, label on it. No, come on. There's also <laughs> things that are, are really good. That people don't like. I don't like Iron Man. Yeah, which still is wild, but yeah. But I love things like Ant-Man, and I love things that a lot of people don't like. I think Doctor Strange is still probably my favorite MCU movie. Yeah. I've just never heard anybody excited for four hours of something and being like, I don't care if it's bad. It's four hours of my life. What else am I going to do? I don't know. Rewatch the original <laughs> Justice League that you liked. <laughs> Hey, man, I, I just think content's a lot of fun. These movies are a lot of fun. Yeah. If you go in looking to pick things apart, you're going to find things wrong with it. If you of go course. in looking to have a good time and just watch a movie, That's how about key. that? Something That's the new. Key. Enjoy it. Enjoy Sit it. Sit back, relax. You get to watch superheroes punch each other for a while. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. And I'm actually very excited to watch it. I can't wait. I, this has been like on my radar for so long now. I think it's going to be such a, a good time. 
Even if we don't like it? It's going to be a long time. Who cares? And you know what? Cool. Yeah. I haven't sat through a long superhero movie since Endgame. Endgame. So. This has got an extra half hour on that. <sighs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's bold. It is. So, regardless if it's good, bad, or whatever, it's doing a thing, and I appreciate that. So. Snyder Cut. It's coming. Next week. Until then, rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Like and follow us on our social media, at Kate Podcasters, on all of the things. Check out our Patreon, where we're doing not-so-super movies. This month, we did The Italian Job. What a fun movie. Oh, God, it was better than I ever expected it to be. It's so much better than a remake, by like by a, a lot, shot. A lot. Although, I do really want to rewatch the remake now, because I feel like I'll appreciate it more. I don't know. I think you can get mad. I think there's more references than I knew. That's fair. The first That's time. Fair. Also on the Patreon, we have things like Blurt and Turney, which we have a new episode last week that we just put out. Right. And we're doing things like the poll list and, and our animated show and all of that good stuff. There's so a lot of good stuff. Pay attention. Things are things are happening. Too many things are happening. Also. <laughs> speaking of too many things are happening. Speaking of too many things that are happening. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's out. The show's out. Our episode's coming out. Our episode the will, Wednesday thing. will be coming out very soon. Right. Wow. We're doing so much. It's too much. I missed my free time. I can't believe we're going to watch a four-hour-long movie. <laughs> All right. Now, yeah. See? Put it that way. You're, you're over here. What else am I going to do? Probably edit an episode. <laughs> also, if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to katepodcasters.gmail.com and pay attention to our Facebook page the day we record, which is usually Monday. We, we put up a post asking for questions. So if you want to ask anything about the movie we're talking about, we can answer those questions. Right. We only have one thing on Facebook this week. All right. What is it? It's our good buddy, Jerry D. Jerry D. Totally right. Christmas nice. podcast. Go listen. He's great. He said, how did this get made in an episode on The Phantom back in 2016? Okay. I remember it. And it's very good because that everything that show does is very good. The show's phenomenal. How did this get made to listen for that episode? Maybe after you hear us talk about it. Yeah. Because, you know, they're professionals. <laughs> yeah. They, they know what they're doing. <laughs> Is that all you got? Go to kpodcasters.com, and that's it. That's all for me. Now that's all you got, yeah. officially. <laughs> Fantastic. We're going to see you guys next week for Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Same pod time. Same pod. Slam evil. Slam evil.